Welcome to the BS Book Club. I, as always, am your host, Bartleby Jones, and things were looking dark at the end of last week's episode. The BS seemed to be separated. Scotty had a gun to his head, and of course, Blake Tanner was in a bar with one of the most dangerous gods alive. Will they survive? Find out in this week's episode of the BS Book Club. Chapter 41. Rise Up. As Scotty feels the barrel of the gun press against his temple, his entire body tenses as he readies himself for what Eris referred to as the ascension. His fingernails cause blood to run down his hand from how tightly his fists are gripped, when suddenly, bang, a bright flash of light, a scream, a collapse. Fortunately, none of those came from our dear hero but Eris herself. Scotty quickly rolls the goddess off him, standing to see his savior, his own mother. He quickly runs to embrace her as she remains stoic, her gun trained on Eris. I dare you to get back up. Scotty's mother and the leader of the middlemen called. Eris merely begins laughing as she claws back at the wound in her shoulder. She rips the very bullet out of her skin as she stands, the flesh animating and repairing itself. Do you... Double dog dare me? Eris laughs as she pulls out the golden gun and trains it on Scotty's mother. The two begin to circle each other in a standoff when suddenly Scotty runs between them. Stop! It doesn't have to be like this! Come on, can't we come to some sort of agreement? At this suggestion, both Eris and his mother merely laugh at him. They both consider his attempt at peacemaking too little and too late. I'm sorry, darling, but that's just not how this works. Eris remarks to Scotty, carefully petting his hair when suddenly a bullet wings her again, causing her shoulder to fall backwards. Don't call my son darling ever again. Scotty hears his mom utter from behind him. He turns to see his mother's gun smoking as she continues to stare at Eris. Son, let me tell you, this isn't something that can be solved that easily. One of us has to die. No, you don't. Scotty attempts to get through to the two crazed women, but to no avail. Death isn't a solution here. It's only going to cause more problems. You sure about that? Eris smirks as she looks down to Fevator's dead body. Scotty's mother follows her gaze and smirks. Just like his daddy. She smiles as she nods lovingly at her son. Stop saying that. I'm not like him. I didn't. Scotty looks up at his place, stuck between these two unmoving objects. He finally sighs and grabs the bag of Fevator, leaving the two in lock. Fuck this. Darling, no! Eris calls after Scotty when suddenly another bullet wings her, causing her to recoil in pain. She looks up to see the leader of the middlemen closing in on her, her gun trained on her skull. What did I say about calling him Darling? She asks when suddenly the bodies of Phil and Phoebe slowly begin to glow, a bright white rising from the ground. She turns to see them reassemble in new human forms. With a sigh, she reloads her gun. Well, this isn't going to be easy. Meanwhile, back at the bar, Blake and Rebus had been coming up with a plan to defeat Eris. Of course, by coming up with a plan, I do mean drinking copious amounts of liquor and pointing at a map of downtown Birmingham. Suddenly, Blake's eyes widen, remembering a certain piece of Eris's wardrobe. The Necklace of Harmonia. She shattered it in two. Blake comments as he takes another shot of whiskey. 
Do you think if we somehow managed to retrieve it and, I don't know, glued it back together, it would revive Harmonia? Well, his spirit is in two pieces, as it were, Rebus comments as Blake sits contemplating his plan. However, that would mean getting exceptionally close to her and ripping it from her neck. I mean, she's just an extremely dangerous god that probably wouldn't mind killing me. Blake's eyes squint as he realizes that literally fatal flaw in his plan. Maybe you do it? Blake, you know I gotta stay here. It's the only place I know to get this. Rebus pulls up what Blake had been referring to Mountain Dew and mixes himself a drink. Two parts Dew and one part tequila. If I don't have this going through my veins, you don't want to see what happens next. Well, you are the god of darkness, Blake smirks as Rebus sips on his concoction. I'd have to assume things would get pretty bleak. I'm not just the god of darkness. I was god of everything. Rebus smirks, finishing his drink. Everything was born for me, Blake. I created everything. I have the power to destroy this entire world in an instant, and if you take this drink away from me, I just might. Meanwhile, Scotty speeds down the road. He knew Blake wasn't going to help him. His friend abandoned him and left him alone. In his mind, that left him only one option. Only one person who could possibly help him in a time like this. Hey, Rebus! The two hear from within the bar. The sounds of boots crashing down onto the stairs fill the entire structure as Scotty slowly makes his way into the speakeasy, staring down at his feet. He solemnly takes a seat at the bar, completely ignoring Blake, who sat five chairs away. Mind if I get a whiskey and coke? Blake stares at his friend, furious. Rebus immediately notices the awkward situation and sighs, handing Blake a beer to tide him over. Scotty holds his head in his hands, still pondering what had happened earlier, what had taken over him. He looks up momentarily to receive his drink from the bartender. Thanks, Rebus. At least I still got you. Scotty smiles weakly as he takes a sip of his beverage. Mom's gone crazy. Eris... Eris is definitely evil, and Blake abandoned me. That... that motherfucker... Scotty sniffles slightly as he remembers the betrayal of his friend. Blake merely stands up, shocked at Scotty's version of the events. I was just doing what I had to do, and he ran. He fucking ran, that... that coward. At this comment, Blake's eyes grow wide, and he attempts to rush Scotty, but Rebus holds him back, handing him another beer that Blake immediately chugs. The two argue back and forth as Scotty continues to sulk, finishing up his drink. Mind if I get another? Scotty gives a small nod of the head to Rebus, who takes away the glass, immediately turning away to make Scotty another whiskey and coke. Man, that's the worst part! I I at least made some decision. Fucking Blake just followed. That's the problem with him. He's a follower. You know what? He was basically just a glorified sidekick. With this comment, Blake finally snaps. He rushes Scotty and tackles him off the barstool, raining fists down onto his former friend's face. The two begin to fight back and forth, rolling across the floor of the bar as Rebus turns back to face them in size. Fucking idiots. Chapter 42. Cabinet Battle. Sidekick? Are you fucking kidding me? Blake screams at Scotty as the two roll around on the ground, doing something vaguely reminiscent of fighting. Rebus sighs and watches the former friends fight it out in a frankly embarrassing display. 
Maybe if you'd get off your ass and do something for once in your life, I wouldn't have to call you that. Scotty responds as he attempts to put Blake in a figure four leg lock, unaware of the fact that despite its acclaim in pro wrestling, it holds very little weight in an actual fight. Guys... Rebus attempts to stop them, but they continue to fight back and forth. Blake continually attempts to grab at Scotty's neck for a chokehold, while Scotty responds with various attempts to put pro wrestling holds on the B. Guys! Rebus finally sighs and walks over to the two, picking them off of the ground by the collars of their shirts. They both hang, back slumped like a cat being grabbed by the scruff of its neck. They slowly rotate back and forth, hanging from their shirts as Rebus walks them over to bar stools and sits them down. Now... It seems to me that all that got accomplished was dirtying up my floor. Rebus comments, raising an eyebrow to the two boys. So how about this? We're gonna sit here and talk this out like grown men. I've got nothing to say to him, Scotty comments, feeling betrayed that Blake left him in his time of need. Well, you better find something to say. Rebus stares angrily at the two boys as he pulls out a bottle of whiskey. Scotty smiles and reaches for it until Rebus slaps his hand away. Boy, don't test me right now. Because in case you haven't turned on a TV lately, Rebus grabs a remote and turns on the television set in the corner of the bar, which reveals a massive sea of destruction in downtown Birmingham led by Eris. The world's going to shit outside, Eris is taking over the city, and instead of going to fight, I'm stuck here with you two knuckleheads playing Dr. Fucking Phil. Blake and Scotty both lean back in their seats, terrified as Rebus's scream echoes throughout the room, causing various lights to blow and leave them in partial darkness. With a quick clearing of his throat, Blake leans forward as Rebus continues to seethe. Scotty, you're my best friend. You know that. Scotty continues to stare forward, but Blake persists. It's just, it's hard not to feel like a sidekick sometimes, you know? I mean, you take control over everything. You drive, you edit the podcast, you... Then why don't you step up? Scotty asks, turning towards his friend. I mean, man, I do everything because you won't. I mean, believe me, I'd appreciate the help. I really would, but you just sit there and you do nothing. Because you won't let me. You never ask. You just assume. Blake fires back and the two begin arguing once again. You refuse to give up control. You just fucking hold on to it and squeeze and squeeze until there's no fun left for anyone. Are you saying this isn't fun anymore? Scotty asks, raising an eyebrow. It wasn't fun the minute I almost got shot. Blake responds as Rebus takes another swig of liquor. Note from the BS. Hey, okay, so look, this is kind of like an important plot point, right? Like it's how we reunite and get closer as brothers and shit. I mean, we felt like the plot needed this, but also it it, it really sucks to read, man. It's like Nicholas Sparks guest wrote a chapter for us. It It doesn't exactly fit the rest of the book thematically, so we changed it to a rap battle. Don't question that. It's a rap battle now. Yes, we have that kind of authority here. Deal with it. Ladies and gentlemen, Rebus calls to the crowd of individuals now inhabiting his bar. You could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in Birmingham, Alabama. Are you ready for a war of the words? The crowd goes wild as Blake paces back and forth angrily. Scotty bounces on both feet, shadow boxing. A DJ scratches a record behind them as they stand on a darkened stage. <laughs> 
The crowd begins chanting for Rebus as he smiles, holding the microphone. This is going to be one for the ages. A war between two brothers. On one side, you've got he, the bee, the man who makes ladies scream, Blake Tanner. With this announcement, Blake raises a fist in the air as roughly half of the crowd goes wild. And on my other side, you've got a man who is 210 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. It is the S, Scotty Moore. The other half of the crowd cheers as Scotty rushes forward, slapping hands with his fans. Rebus pulls him back as he turns towards the DJ. Hey, DJ Flair, give him something sick tonight. Woo! The DJ exclaims as he turns a record, filling the room with a deep, thumping bass. The entire crowd begins to nod in unison as Rebus hands the microphone off to Scotty, who begins playing to the crowd as Rebus slowly makes his way down the stairs to watch this battle of the ages. Hey Rebus, I gotta get this one thing clear You want me to battle against this boy right here I mean, I can try, but if you really wanna fight Don't ask Blake, cause he'll run like earlier tonight But you've given me a battle, and I'm willing to face it And send Blakey back to his mother's basement Could you just leave now? We're all sick of your shit I'm a middleman elite, you're just my sidekick Ooh, the crowd all cheers in unison as Scotty finishes his verse Going back to slapping hands with the audience Blake merely shrugs, rolling his shoulders back and forth as he formulates a reply. The microphone is passed off, and Blake stares up with fury. Sidekick, I guess I can accept that reality If it means I have a real personality You're as fake as they come, and we all know it Only thing real about you is how often you blow it See you speak, no one listens, sell, no one buys If someone hears your voice, they start saying goodbye If you wanted a battle, then come and have a seat Or fuck a Wii remote and be a real control freak With this comment, Blake pulls a Wii remote out of his pocket flinging it at Scotty. This causes the crowd to go wild as Scotty goes into panic mode, quickly grabbing the microphone and pacing back and forth. The crowd goes silent as Scotty starts his final verse. Prop comedy man thought I was the carrot top. You feeling chilly bird cause your boy is non-stop. But you got in a shot with a hell of a diss. Now I'm going crazy like Cajun vampires kiss. Gotta list it alphabetically the reasons that you suck. But 26 things could never be enough. No one listens to BS? I gotta agree. No one would listen to our show if it wasn't for me. The crowd ooze quietly as Blake quickly rushes Scotty, getting in his friend's face. The two stare daggers into each other's eyes as the crowd begin to chant, Fight! 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 Over and over again. Rebus attempts to calm the crowd's raucous behavior as Blake takes the mic. That's it. It's over. I'm done with the games. Cause while we're doing this, our city is in flames. If you wanna be petty, save it for tomorrow. Cause while Eris is here, our time is borrowed. Middlemen, gods, fuck both of those sides. The only ones to do this are standing here tonight. You got two choices. Fight or move it. Think we're the best damn men of all time? Prove it. Scotty stares at Blake, eyes wide. Blake drops the mic as the crowd continues to chant fight, but this time it wasn't a fight between the BS, it was a fight for the world. Blake offers his hand for a handshake as Scotty stares down, pensive. Blake Tanner, 
Scotty quietly growls under his breath. He looks up at his friend with fire in his eyes when he suddenly grabs Blake's hand, pulling him in for a gigantic bro hug. The two hold each other's hands to the skies as Scotty declares, It's time! Chapter 43. Snap Back. Scotty and Blake embrace as the crowd cheers when suddenly the illusion dissipates. The crowd is no longer with them, just Reba staring at them awkwardly while they hug. He just shrugs and pours them both a glass of whiskey as they return to the bar, smiling. Yeah, note from the BS. Okay, yeah, we definitely should have thought of a better dismount from that whole rap battle thing. Uh, I mean, it was a dope rap battle, though, right? Probably, like, the first rap battle in literary history. Unless, you know, 8 Mile has, like, a really weird novelization out there. Happy to see you two back on the same page. Reba smiles as the two toast to their friendship, downing their drinks. Rebus begins to give them a refill as they look to the television, now featuring Eris causing chaos throughout Midtown. So, how are we gonna do this? Well, the two boys look at each other and smile, nodding their heads. The smiles quickly fade from their faces and are replaced with looks of puzzlement. We got no fucking idea. Maybe the necklace idea? Blake adds as Rebus sighs, pouring himself another drink, realizing these two idiots are the world's last hope. What necklace idea? Scotty asks as Blake explains the concept behind gluing the necklace of Harmonia back together. The two go back and forth on different ways to steal the necklace and what possible adhesives would work best on an ancient golden necklace. Boys, couldn't you just... Before Rebus could get out this idea, a middleman SWAT team invades the bar, their guns trained on the BS. The boys are quickly surrounded as Rebus hides behind the bar. The heroes sigh as they get on the ground, placing their arms behind their heads. Guys, couldn't you have waited, like, five minutes? Scotty asks as the SWAT team surrounds them, guns trained on their every move. Yeah, we were kind of having a moment here. Blake asks as one of the SWAT team members steps forward, his gun trained on Scotty. We know you are responsible for the slaying of Sergeant Janiel and his team. The man's voice was muffled through his mask as Scotty sighs, rolling his eyes. Janiel was a traitor! He was Morpheus in disguise this entire time! With this mention of Morpheus, Rebus gets an idea, looking over to discover the bag of Morpheus laying beside him, having fallen during Blake and Scotty's scrap earlier in the evening. A likely story. Janiel had been on our ranks for months. The SWAT member comments as Scotty looks through his visor to make out dark, nearly black eyes. He would never betray us. If he was there for months, then there was a traitor in your midst for months. I didn't kill anyone in that trailer. Scotty attempts to convince the man as Blake looks over at him with a raised eyebrow. I didn't kill a majority of the people in that trailer. It was Janiel. Lieutenant, you don't really think... Another SWAT member comments as his leader turns back towards them, attempting to convince them that Janiel was a good man. Even if it is true, let's not let this taint our memories of him. During this moment of distraction, Rebus quickly rolls and grabs the bag of Morpheus. Janiel was a good man. Just because he was a traitor and a shape-shifting demigod, it doesn't mean- Hey guys, catch! Rebus calls as he tosses the bag through the air. The SWAT team all turn in unison to see the mystical sack flying through the air towards the BS where it lands firmly in Blake's hands as the two smile wickedly, standing with the most dangerous weapon in the world in their hands. 
Still want to try to take us down? Blake comments with a smile as he holds the bag high. Yeah, you guys don't seem so tough now, do ya? Scotty smiles as he reaches for the bag, trying to take it from Blake, who maintains a firm grasp on it. The two pull back and forth for a moment, attempting to take it from one another. Blake, what are you doing? I've got an idea! Blake grunts, quickly trying to pull the bag back. Just let me do it! The two begin arguing like children over the bag, pulling with all of their might to rip it away from one another. The SWAT team just stare in confusion as the two men begin whining like petulant children over this sacred item. One SWAT member finally comments, Could we just shoot him now, Lieutenant? He asks, holding his gun up. Nah, I, I kind of want to see how this plays out, honestly. The leader offers with a smile as the two men have now begun kicking at each other to gain leverage. It's mine! Scotty screams as he falls to the ground, maintaining his grip on the bag. She gave it to me! I use it! It's mine! But I have an idea! Blake screams, falling to the ground himself. The two men now have their feet firmly planted against each other's, attempting to pull with all their might when suddenly a small rip appears in the bag, sending a bright beam of light out into the room. Uh... Lieutenant, the SWAT member comments as the two men continue to struggle, ignoring the nearly blinding white light pouring out of the broken seam on the bag. You think we should stop them? Yeah, I'd say so. The commander comments when the bag rips further, causing an even brighter light to pour into the room, blinding the team members. The seam continues to rip down the side of the bag as more light comes pouring into the room. Give it here, Scotty screams. No, you give it. Blake returns. No, you! No, you! The two finally pull with enough strength that the bag explodes, splitting in two. A bright flash fills the room and the heroes fly back from both of the force of the explosion and the force of their violent pulling. They both slam against the wall as the bright light slowly subsides. The heroes stand after a moment to discover an amazing transformation. Holy shit! Chapter 44 Everybody. The entire bar seemed to be illuminated with bright neon lights, ranging in color from blue to pink to green. The SWAT members all stare up, puzzled, as the BS jump to their feet. A disco ball shines across the room as everyone tries to fathom what's going on when suddenly... Everybody! A chorus of five voices sing in unison. Scotty's ears perk up as they all turn to see... The Backstreet Boys, as if they had stepped out of a time machine from the 90s itself. Rock your body, yeah. Scotty? Blake asks nervously as Scotty shines a big smile on the room. What the fuck is going on? Absolutely no idea, Blake. But I do know one thing. Scotty looks back at Blake with a huge grin, then loudly exclaims, Backstreet's back! All right! Our hero jumps on stage with the famous fivesome and begins to dance alongside them, having memorized all of their routines. Blake sighs as lights flash around the room, having turned Rebus's speakeasy into a full-fledged dance club. Unfortunately, Scotty's dance is cut short by a barrage of bullets shooting across the wall. I think that's enough of that. The lieutenant calls as the Backstreet Boys hit the floor hard, protecting themselves. Scotty quickly dodges and rolls off the stage next to Blake. The leader of the SWAT team sighs as he approaches the two boys, his gun trained on their skulls. I've got no idea what kind of bullshit this is, he quietly comments with a gravelly voice. But it's over. 
I'm through playing games, and I don't give a damn what your mama said, boy. We ain't bringing you in alive. Sir, but the commander said... A voice tries to interrupt him from behind, but he quickly interrupts them. I don't give a damn what the commander said. These two are pissing me off. He presses the barrel of his gun to Scotty's chest as Scotty winces, his rate of breathing increasing. Any last requests? I, uh... Scotty's panic has shut down his mind. He attempted to come up with a clever reply, but to no avail. I mean, a burrito would be really nice. With this comment, Scotty feels something warm inside his hand. The lieutenant's eyebrow raises as Scotty looks down to discover a wrapped beefy crunch burrito resting in his left hand. The lieutenant angrily shoves the burrito out of Scotty's hand with the barrel of the gun, retraining it on our hero. And you know... I think I'd like some bulletproof armor as well. He replies with a smirk, causing a bulletproof vest to wrap around his torso, appearing from nothingness. The frustrated lieutenant then moves his gun up to Scotty's head when the hero comments, Also, I think a distraction would be really cool. What? Scotty smirks as a large swarm of bees fill the room and seem to file single line into each of the SWAT members' suits, causing them to writhe in pain as the BS quickly make it to their feet, knocking each of the middlemen over. Bees? Blake asks as the two rush to hide behind the bar with Rebus. Scotty shrugs as Blake looks back to see the horde of middlemen SWAT members writhing in pain, their motions almost looking like some sort of spastic breakdancing. I mean, I thought the murder thing was fucked up, but bees? It was the only thing I could think of! Scotty comments as they look up to see Rebus staring at both of them wide-eyed. Speaking of, Rebus, do you have any idea what the hell's going on? I don't know, but we need to fix it right now. Rebus stares at the two, extremely worried. It seems that when you ripped that bag open, your imagination stopped being contained in the bag, and now it's just everywhere. We gotta seal it back in. Rebus, calm down. Have a drink. Blake comments when suddenly a tall beer appears next to Rebus. Both of you! Both of your imaginations are running wild! It's not safe! Rebus urges our heroes to stay safe. Look, just meditate or something. Keep your thoughts inside. Why would I do that? Scotty comments, surrounded by a massive pile of burritos, burgers, and other various fast food. Seems to me this is the only way we're going to be able to fight Eris. With Taco Bell and Burger King? Rebus asks sarcastically as Scotty wipes a bit of barbecue sauce away from his mouth. What? It's carb loading! Scotty smirks as Blake attempts to console Rebus. Look, this is just like what we do every week on our show. Blake comments, causing Scotty's eyes to widen, getting an idea. We have tons of ideas, throw them out into the world, and then they recede. No harm, no foul, everything's gonna be okay. You're damn right it is. Scotty laughs as he quickly stands, running outside past the sea of still breakdancing SWAT members. Blake and Rebus stand, staring as Scotty giddily skips up the stairs. The two stare at each other with fear of what Scotty had thought of this time. This definitely isn't gonna be okay. Rebus comments as the two quickly rush after Scotty before he could do any real damage. By the time that the two reached the peak of the stairs, however, it was too late. They were only able to stare up in awe at what their friend had done. Flaming wheels of cheese were raining down from the sky, splatting like cheesy napalm onto concrete. Every building was transformed into a Dave and Buster's. Chaos was surrounding them, and in the middle of it was Scotty. But he wasn't alone. Are you ready, brothers?
Scotty calls to the sky, holding up a massive, flaming sword. Blake stares in astonishment as Scotty rears back on his steed, a massive black unicorn with a flaming horn. Scotty laughs into the night sky as Blake can't help but laugh at what he's seeing. Are you not entertained? What the fuck is this? Rebus yells, attempting to somehow sort through the chaos that Scotty was causing. Eris is the god of discord and chaos, you idiot. You're only making her stronger. Then this is gonna be a hell of a lot of fun. Scotty laughs as he begins galloping in circles on his stallion, her hooves moving fast enough to burn a donut-shaped scorch mark into the road below them. Well, Rebus, you know what they say. Blake comments with a smile as Rebus sighs, his head falling into his hands. A massive gust of wind suddenly picks up around the two as Rebus looks up to discover a massive dark blue dragon which lands beside Blake. The hero smirks as he mounts his steed. If you can't beat him, join him. Chapter 45 Chaos Reigns Tell me, Poseidon. Eris growls as she points a lance at a man on all fours. His body is shredded with muscle, sporting several scars from spears. Long gray hair flows down his back as she prods him with a three-pronged weapon. Do you know what's happening today? Oh, well, if I had to take a guess... The man responds in a deep tone. I'd say this whiny little bitch stole me away from a Netflix and chill sesh with a very willing sea turtle just to try and convince me to join her little quest that we all know she's going to fail. Does that sound right? How dare you! Eris cries as she stabs the man in the side with one of the lance's several blades. He groans quietly as she begins to circle him. You should know better than to insult me like that, Poseidon. Look, couldn't you have taken out your daddy issues in a respectable way like any other self-respecting hooker would? The man continues to mock Eris, who stares at him in shock. She lances him again, and he falls to his side, gripping his ribs. All right. Okay. That one actually hurt. Although it's not too big of a surprise to know you can work long, hard shafts. Do you ever shut up? Eris comments, stepping on his neck, holding the blade against his throat. No, not really. Well, your arrogance is betraying you. I'd understand something like this from Ares, but you? Eris laughs as she slowly digs the blade into his neck. One more ounce of pressure would send it piercing into his flesh. You're just the god of the sea. You think I'm afraid of a little water? Actually, he's got of a lot more than that, Eris hears from behind her. She turns to see Scotty mounted atop a unicorn as Blake slowly flies down on his dragon, which he is nicknamed Ridley. So, how's it going, guys? Okay, ignoring the dragon and the unicorn for now, Eris comments puzzled at almost everything she's currently seeing. But how do you know him? Oh, he's been on the show a few times. Super cool dude. Scotty comments as he walks over and high-fives the man. But like I was saying, he's god of a lot more than the sea. He's god of law, god of whiskey, god of french fries, Blake adds on as the man smirks behind her. God of random wolf attacks. He smiles as Eris turns around, confused. 
God of what? Suddenly, dozens of wolves descend upon the goddess, their teeth gnashing at her body. The BS walk over and help the man up when suddenly a loud flash nearly blinds them as several wolves go sailing through the air. They turn to see Eris, eyes glowing, staring at them with blind rage. That's it. Meanwhile, Rebus sits at the bar, sipping on the green beverage that has come to control his life. He sighs as he looks up at the television to see news report after news report of the insane happenings in Birmingham, Alabama. He finally shakes his head, powering down the TV. So much for middlemen discretion. Rebus smirks as he takes another sip of his beverage. He looks back at the bottle of whiskey reserved for Scotty's father. Well, I'd guess you'd want it this way. Suddenly, the sound of an acoustic guitar fills the room. Rebus looks up confused as five young singers come out from behind the stage where they had been hiding for the past few minutes. The god of darkness sighs as they begin to sing. Tell me why! The backstreet gentlemen all sing in unison as Rebus sighs, rolling his eyes. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Please get out of my bar. Tell me why! They begin to dance as Rebus shakes his head, going for his shotgun. Ain't nothing but a mystic. You got till three. Tell me why. They continue to sing as Rebus calmly loads the shotgun, counting down from three. I never want to hear you say, I want it. The chorus is interrupted by Rebus's shotgun, blasting a hole in the ceiling above them. They quickly run out in fear as Rebus laughs quietly, sitting back down at the bar. He turns on the TV to see Blake and Scotty running from Eris, her power growing. The god stares for a moment, watching as the two boys panic, rushing away on their mythical creatures as Poseidon rushes beside them on a wave. In a moment of calm, Rebus looks down at the green beverage in hand and takes a big swig of it. I better not regret this. Ares, darling, Eris calls to her second in command, watching as the BS attempt to escape her. As much fun as I'm having, I think we need to invite some more friends to this party. Have any armadas you could summon? Hold on. Ares responds in his monotone voice under her control. I'll just text Hades. A moment later, Blake and Scotty are stopped suddenly by a giant crack flying across the road. The unicorn nearly falls backwards, but Scotty holds her steady as they witness thousands of undead skeletons rushing from within the earth itself, all readying to fight them. Okay, Blake, let's let's just take some inventory here. Scotty comments as they attempt to turn and run away, only to face another wall of undead soldiers. We've got a dragon, a flaming unicorn... And Poseidon. She has untapped godly power and an army of skeletons. This is either going to be really awesome or really suck. Blake responds to the situation as he quickly manifests a mounted minigun on the back of his dragon, an efficient weapon for killing the undead. Scotty holds his sword to the sky as they ready themselves for battle. Despite the extreme disadvantage in the numbers game, the BS were willing to battle. Despite the likelihood they would die, the BS were willing to battle. Fortunately for them, however, they wouldn't have to battle alone, as suddenly the entire world seemed to be cloaked in darkness. 
Oh, fuck yes! Scotty laughs as they look up to see the moon eclipsed by a massive figure wielding two shining swords. The figure quickly rushes to Earth, slicing through skeletons left and right as he rushes towards the BS. Bones rattle as they fall to the ground and the heroes realize how lucky they are to have the most dangerous god in existence on their side. You fucking idiots. Chapter 46. Like a Highway. Dust kicks off the ground as the wings of Blake's dragon beat against the earth, barely floating above the concrete below. Scotty smirks as with a flick of his wrist, a bright red flame shoots up his sword. Rebus looks at the two amateurs and laughs, staring at the hordes of skeletons surrounding them. Hold. Scotty screams to the two. They both stare at each other, confused, as Scotty continues to scream, Hold! What are you doing? Blake asks as Scotty sighs, lowering his sword. Look, I've always wanted to do this. It's like that gladiator thing. So hold! With that command, Blake and Rebus ready their weapons, prepared to do battle. At my signal, men, unleash hell! No! Scotty is interrupted by the sound of a yelling woman coming through the hordes in a long black limousine. Scotty immediately recognizes her as his mother. You will be unleashing no hell today, young man. But mom! Scotty whines into the night as the undead armada stand around confused. There's an army of skeletons and I really want to unleash hell on them. Too bad. This isn't your battle and I can't lose another one of my own. She urges, getting out of the car, attempting to pull Scotty off his steed. Besides, you have nothing to worry about. I brought back up. With this announcement, a veritable army of middlemen swarmed the skeleton army, slashing through them with various weaponry. Blake and Rebus look at each other and smirk, running into battle. Scotty, however, is still stuck arguing with his mother. Look, Mom, if you want to help... Scotty comments when suddenly a second giant black unicorn appears next to his mother. He hands her a sword as she climbs atop her own steed. Help me. Unleash hell. She smirks as the two hold their swords to the sky and ride into battle on their darkened unicorns. They slash through the beasts with their swords of righteous fury while Blake sweeps the ground with his minigun. Unfortunately, everything they do seems to be fruitless as more and more skeletons pour out from the mouth of the earth. It was as if every single soul was unleashed by Hades to destroy the BS. Lucky for them, skeletons were incredibly susceptible to being hit with swords. They wish to unleash hell, eh? Eris laughs, staring at the battle from afar. Then hell will be unleashed. With a quick flourish of her hand, Eris summons her own army. Sickly creatures with pitch-black skin begin pouring out of the earth, their claws digging into the concrete. Wraiths seem to be pouring out of the very dirt, flying towards our heroes. Eris wished to unleash hell and did so with an army of the damned. Scotty! Blake yells to his friend as they see the demonic hordes coming to assist the skeletons. We might want to get that. No problem. Scotty smirks as the two ride together towards Eris, slicing through demon after demon. Eris was only a few blocks away, but her armies made it look like miles. The BS were willing to fight, however. You know, I just thought of something. What's that? Blake replies, booting off a demon that had climbed onto Ridley, his faithful dragon. I mean, they're totally gonna make a movie about this, right? Scotty asks, giving a mighty hint to every film executive reading this.
I feel we need a better soundtrack than just the sound of skeleton bones rattling and demons dying. Ah, I see what you mean. Need to set the scene a little bit, eh? Blake ponders for a moment as Scotty is nearly dragged off of his unicorn, slicing through the demon's arm quickly. Blake smirks as large speakers shoot down the street from his mind. I've got it. Life is a mystery. The opening lyrics to Madonna's Like a Prayer fill the streets as Blake sings along. Scotty stares dumbfounded, holding his sword forward to impale any oncoming demons like a kebab. Everyone must stand alone. What the fuck is this? Scotty finally asks after a moment of Blake singing and dancing atop his dragon while mowing down demons with his minigun. It's a good song! Blake yells back, forcing Scotty to pull on the reins of his horse and stop, facing his friend. I know it's a good song, but we're not doing karaoke right now! Scotty yells across the street as Blake hovers in the air atop his dragon. We need something epic! We need something to get people pumped up! We need... Huh. Scotty smirks as he realizes the perfect song for battle. He and Blake slowly turn their beasts back to the army of demons before them as three powerful chords ring out across the streets. The sounds of an electric guitar pierce the eardrums of all around as the two men look at each other and nod. It was time to do battle. Living easy, living free. Scotty sings the opening lines to ACDC's Highway to Hell as they begin their onslaught, taking down demon after demon with their mighty weapons. The magic of the music seemed to motivate them to slice through each creature with verve and passion, allowing them to make quick progress. A demon jumps atop Blake's dragon, and he's forced to stand and face off against it in hand-to-hand combat, while Scotty smirks, lining up several demons in front of him. His unicorn puts its head down, and its horn grows in size, eclipsed by flame. Blake manages to kick the demon off his dragon, while Scotty quickly rushes his unicorn through the group of demons, its mighty horn piercing through each creature and setting it aflame. One demon attempts to get through to take out Scotty, but Blake quickly takes him down with a shot from his minigun. Note from the BS. Okay, guys, we know, we know, we hear what you're saying. Isn't it a bit much for the great battle of this book to have Scotty and Blake fighting demons and skeletons mounted atop two mythical beasts while listening to Highway to Hell? Well, we're sorry. We can't help what happened. It's just the truth, guys. Come on. Finally, the BS managed to fight their way to Eris. Scotty holds his sword to her while Blake flies down, jumping off his dragon. Scotty's mother, Rebus, and Poseidon join in, the middlemen militia holding back the skeleton army behind them. Eris, it's over. You're coming with us. Scotty decrees when suddenly Eris begins sobbing. Everyone stares at each other confused when she suddenly rushes forward embracing rebus daddy daddy please don't let them hurt me she cries into his shirt her tears staining the fabric rebus stares down confused but suddenly softens embracing his daughter i don't want the bad people to hurt me it's going to be okay rebus comments wrapping his arms around eris Suddenly, the entire earth around him begins turning pitch black as the BS grab the rest of the heroes and attempt to run. This isn't going to be good. 
Blake nervously admits as tendrils of darkness shoot forth from Rebus and begin assaulting the heroes and knocking them to the ground. The heroes stare back in horror, knowing they were no longer dealing with their friend Rebus. This was the god of darkness. Eris looks up at him smiling as he once again urges, It's gonna be okay. So things got a little buck wild there, I'm not going to lie. Um, it very much, my writing style is, uh, it, it's trying to find balance. And I knew in this book, I would have to go down some very bizarre roads, but I still wanted it to have heart. And so, of course, those scenes where they are very intense and have heart, like... Uh, the scene where Blake and Scotty are explaining their problems with each other, or of course the previous episode where uh, they broke up and there was the uh, the whole almost got murdered situation. I knew I would have to have something to level that out, which of course leads to things like the rap battle, things like uh, Scotty wanting ACDC to be blasting through the speakers. Interestingly enough, this book would not exist without that scene, that scene of Scotty with the unicorn on fire, which, by the way, is a, is a Chekhov's gun. If you've been paying attention, the very... Uh, very first episode, I believe, Scotty's talking about an idea of riding a black unicorn with a flaming sword to the sky. It was a, it's a Chekhov's unicorn, if you will. And so, of course, I had to put that in. But Scotty came to me and said, I want a book. And, uh, and I want a big uh, ending to involve me on a unicorn with a sword, Blake with a dragon, with some miniguns. And I said... Sure, why not? And so that's where this book came from. It all came from that one idea, that one picture. And of course, I had to work backwards and figure out how could we get there? And it, of course, led to the bag of Morpheus and then the bag of Morpheus being ripped open. Effectively, uh, it, it was uh, it was really paying tribute to the show A Load of BS. It is a show about improv it is a show about pulling nothing from something or something from nothing and it's it's a it's an interesting listen and so i wanted to pay a tribute to it by basically saying what if these two men these two men who rely so much on their imagination allowed their imagination to come to life and it results in unicorns and zombies and ACDC and Like a Prayer by Madonna. It's it's a very interesting couple of chapters here that I actually very much do enjoy quite a bit. Um, another checkoff uh, moment, another payback was when the Backstreet Boys come back. I mean, of course, earlier in the book, Blake is trying to cheer up Scotty by playing Backstreet Boys. And now the ultimate cheering up by seeing them in front of you. Um, that was something that... I thought was very important. Uh, the fact that in, in, in my favorite kind of stories involve two men who think they have a plan and the plan very quickly going to hell. And that's what happens is you hear them come up with this plan involving the necklace, maybe gluing it together. Who knows? But of course, it all goes to hell when the bag of Morpheus gets ripped open. Uh, another part is that I really wanted to pay tribute to uh, in in line with the load of BS was the fan service. Of course, Poseidon in the world of a load of BS is known as the man known as Momoa Curry. So I realized like, oh, you've already had 
had a god on your show, it'd be fun to put him in the book. So we put him in there. There were a lot of tributes to small in-jokes that had been built throughout the series. This was really a love letter to a load of BS during this section. Uh, But next week, it all comes to a head, the final episode of the uh, BS versus the Gods episodes of BS Book Club. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I very much do enjoy the ending of this book. Ties everything up in a bow, but leaves a few stragglers in case they ever wanted a sequel. But until then, remember to support the BS on Patreon. Patreon.com slash BS is where you can support them. You get access to exclusive content, like, of course, uh, you paid for this, which is where... Basically, the BS force you to watch bad movies and hear them talk about it. Um, I don't really understand the appeal of it, but hey, okay, look, this no, is my last so one. Good. Come you, on, I, man, you can't, you can't do this. You've been no. doing so great, and then all of a sudden you come back. Very last one had to get a shot in, didn't you? One last shot at what we do. Good work, man. See you next week, folks. Finally, almost done with this guy. Jeez.